magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Good morning. It is Wednesday, January 24th. It's five minutes after 11. We're Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, some audio was released and it revealed a moment when one of Arizona's top Republican officials tried to bribe Carrie Lake not to run in the state Senate race. U.S. Senate race. U.S. Senate race, yes. correct. So she ran for governor and she lost that race. Right. And then she decided she was going to run for Senate instead. That, that's correct. Yeah. and I there, wish she'd have taken the money because she got no chance to win. But anyway, that's another story for another day. So, well, right now, what it's a three-person race. It's it's her and uh, Kristen Cinema going up against one another. And then you've got this other Democrat who's running as well. Yeah, so Kristen Cinema. who who is, uh, was a Democrat. She is the incumbent, the sitting U.S. Senator. She uh, got sick, I guess, enough of Biden and the Democrats that she flipped to independent. So now she's got a challenge on the left who will be the likely Democrat nominee. And then to be determined if Carrie Lake is indeed going to be the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate, we'll, we'll see. But it really comes back to candidate quality and this is a lot of times when people hear the word candidate words candidate quality they think well it has to be an establishment person no it it doesn't you can have a good candidate who is a conservative when Ron Ron DeSantis is a great example when he was running for governor Mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis is extremely conservative he was a good candidate and he won overwhelmingly candidate quality doesn't mean the person has to be middle of the road or moderate or anything else. It just has to be someone who can connect with people, someone who has a you know a track record that, that they can run on, a record they can can run on, and people who can run a good, effective campaign. And I I don't think Carrie Lake is necessarily that person because she hasn't run a good campaign, or because she's just her policies. Well, I, look, I, I think, and polling shows this that while inside of a Repu- the Republican Party being hitched to Trump, and let's face it, there is a clear difference between some people who just say, yeah, I support a lot of what Trump did, I like these policies, blah, 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 and the people who are just like, all Trump all the time, I'm a, you know, descendant of Trump or whatever. There's a clear difference. And the election results also show this, that people who run on some of the Trump ideas, but without hitching themselves to Trump, tend to do better than uh, people who are I'm a MAGA candidate or what you know whatever the phraseology is, and I just think with Carrie Lake she's a very she comes off as very abrasive, mm-hmm. and she doesn't come off like Trump does it. Say whatever you want about Trump, he has his moments that you go that's super endearing and he's super funny and he's super charming. I have never once seen anything Carrie Lake where I'm like, man, she'd be fun to hang out with. It's more bull in a china shop. It, it is, and there are places for those people, and they serve purposes, but they're, it's just not a person who is likely to be endearing themselves to the public at large necessary to win a what is now super winnable U.S. Senate seat, given the fact that you're going to have 
somebody on the far left pulling votes from from cinema and she's going to pull in the middle from on the democrats from that person and you kind of got a wide open field here where if you can get 40 to 45 percent of the electorate you're going to win the race so she's talked about before that there's been this effort to try to keep her out of the race but she never revealed who was behind it or specifics or what she meant and at the time that this conversation was taking place she was publicly mulling a run for the u.s senate however it was not official so here's a portion of it this is carrie lake talking to this uh arizona republican official and And he's asking her to get out of the race. But if they're pushing a globalist agenda, I can't do that. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? You want to stay out for two years. (laughs) But I'll tell you what I can offer you. But um, I said, you can do whatever you want. It's talking head, isn't it? So the ask of me was, it's kind of funny. So the, the ask I got today from back east was, this is, has to stay between us. Was, is there any companies out there or something that could just put her on the payroll and give her, to keep her out? And I said, well, what are you willing to do? Like, whatever we need to do. This is about defeating Trump. And I think that's a bad, bad thing for our country. DeSantis is not America first. This is about the final death blow to Trump. And I don't think that's good for our country. I mean, I love Trump. It's not good for our country, Jeff. It's not, but at the same time, I'm not even sure Trump can win again. I don't know that he can win again. I think what it really comes down to for a lot of people, it's not really about like, control or agenda, it's just about the ability to raise money to win. So the conversation goes on, and at one point, um, he's asking her if there's a number, $10 million, $20 million, $30 million. Yeah, this guy's an idiot, because this sort of stuff happens all the time, but there's a legal way by which people do this. I mean, this, this happens all the time where people take passes on public office and end up in a cushy job mm-hmm. somewhere. This guy's a moron, because he just basically came out and straight out said it to her. But this sort of thing happens all the time and god bless her she's you know that shows the integrity that this woman has that she said hey no amount of money is gonna keep me from doing what i'm doing and Mm -hmm. you know too bad sorry about you and this guy clearly the fact that he didn't think he was gonna be recorded or something is just unbelievable um but again it, it comes back to candidates candidate quality is a lot like dating casey like if you look at there you've been happily married for a long time so you've been out of the dating pool for a long time kev can probably back me up on this maybe a little bit better than than you would be able to but when it comes to dating there are certain people that you meet them and you recognize this is probably not going to end well but yet there is <laughs> there is something about this person that mm-hmm. i am incapable of not throwing myself into Mm -hmm. like all the red flags are there and you recognize it and you and you just with the utmost passion and vigor and enthusiasm throw yourself into some sort of interpersonal engagement with that person and inevitably in most cases it 100 does not end well the guy who it does usually end well with is not the guy necessarily with the most charisma or the most charm 
or the most money. It's somebody who can kind of bundle a little bit of all of it together. Mm -hmm. And while they might not have the most passionate of initial engagements, they end up usually having the sort of spouse that other people look at and the sort of long-term relationship that people go, oh, that'd be nice if that ended up that way for me. Elections are sort of the same way. There are some candidates who inside of their little primary or box or whatever, people go, oh my gosh, I am totally on board with that and throwing 100% of my weight and effort and passion behind that person. Yeah, but there's kind of some really red flags for the general. Doesn't matter. You're Mm -hmm. all in or you're all out. Mm -hmm. And so the key as a candidate, especially if it's a statewide office, if it's something that involves any sort of large mass amount of people necessary to vote for you to win, is you've got to find a way to be kind of good at a whole bunch of things. And it doesn't mean you don't be conservative. It doesn't mean you don't be America first, but you got to kind of not put all your eggs in one basket or one approach. And so often with the kind of people who have hitched their wagon to Trump, their eggs are all in that basket. And it's just not been a success for the the electoral, the populace at large in these swing states. Well, and that's in that example, you have to make a choice between passion or security. And you're very lucky when you can find both. Yeah. But the entire time that his name is Jeff DeWitt, this Arizona GOP chair, he's offering Carrie Lake uh, positions within other companies. He's offering her money. Is there anything that we can do for you to drop out of this race? It reminded me of a scene from a movie. In fairness, when Casey initially applied for this job, I tried the same thing with her, and she just simply wouldn't take the money that I offered her. The passion or... I said, said, is there anything I can offer you so I can have this show to myself? What can I I put in this hand that makes you look at that hand and, and forget about that? I've got an idea. Is there something that I have in this office that I could hand to you and that would make you kind of forget that you're holding those uh, little pink tickets there? What are you trying to say, sir? Like you'd be holding something in that hand and this hand you'd forget about. This hand you'd be concentrating on. That hand you'd go, what? What did I have there? I don't even remember. What what is that? Oh, you mean like if I had um, $200 in this hand? Ouch, let go of my arm. $200. Ouch, please. I'm robbing you. That's what I'm doing. Here's one, here's two. They're real crisp. So Carrie Lake has called for this guy to resign. And uh, that's probably what she wanted all along. Isn't Gilbert Godfrey just the best? I mean, and I love the early Gilbert Godfrey stuff because it was, he obviously became a character mm-hmm. of himself later on. But the early stuff, that's from uh, the Beverly Hills Cop yep. movie. Is it's so strong because he's not been so ridiculous with it, but yet it's just <laughs> enough Gilbert Godfrey where you're like, wonder, wonderful, wonderful. Casey, it made my day that you played Gilbert Godfrey. It is 16 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. minutes after 11 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc and netflix buying the exclusive exclusive rights to the raw programming with wwe this is a five billion dollar deal 
Uh, this is fascinating, whether you like wrestling or you mm-hmm. don't. This is a new, we're in a new frontier over this. So per WWE, which is kind of the main wrestling organization, um, when people think of wrestling, it's what they, they think of, has kind of two primary shows. There's Raw, which airs on Mondays, and then SmackDown, which airs on Fridays. And both of these television, the television rights to both of these programs are available or were available. Uh, USA airs Raw right now has, for the majority of time since 1993, they purchased the rights to SmackDown and will continue to now air WWE, but not Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is sort of the flagship program of pro wrestling. It's the, the main show, for lack of a better term. And it is now going away from traditional television mm-hmm. and is now going to beginning in 2025 be seen only on Netflix so you would have to have a Netflix subscription subscription to watch this programming and yes as you said Casey uh it's no longer WWE anymore TKO I think is the name of the company that merged WWE and and uh UFC merged together to create this mega company last year and they're being paid $5 billion mm-hmm. by Netflix over 10 years. So the WWE president said that the reason that they're doing this is to gain more of a global audience. And they've recently hired or, well, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is now joining their board of directors. So imagine taking orders from that guy. Well, so this is what's interesting. So when they, when they WWE, which was a publicly traded company, did this merger, because uh, everybody had believed Vince McMahon had uh, several scandals kind of looming over him, and mm-hmm. he was forced out by the the board, and then he forced his way back in, and um, everybody knew WWE was going to be sold in some capacity. Ultimately, what they did is they created this merger with UFC. Vince McMahon lost control of the company He he while he's on the board, and he's got some high-profile position, and he made a lot of money off of this in terms of stock price. He's, he's basically now out after 40 years of calling the shots. He's no longer really in charge. And so everybody knew new changes were, were coming. Now, why this is interesting, whether you like pro wrestling or not, we have now seen kind of we saw the NFL do this with Thursday night football going mm-hmm. to Amazon. However, you can still get the rest of the week, you know, Monday night football, all day Sunday, Sunday night football on the the network television, cable television, you can still get that. So professional wrestling while there will still be another show that you can get on usa the the brands are supposed to be separate. These guys are on this show. they don't do this show, vice versa. So this is interesting that this is kind of the first time notable high dollar high value programming is leaving traditional television and going to streaming a lot of these shows have been born out of streaming mm-hmm. you know they've been created by streamers etc but they are now being purchased to streaming from traditional television and so what a new frontier and what a giant gamble by netflix because pro wrestling there have never been fewer people watching pro wrestling than there are today. I mean, it's just people from my generation, a lot of us, it, we don't like it. It's been, you know, what do they call it, homogenized or, you know, 
they've taken the violence out of it. They've taken some of the scandalous nature out of it. It's more it's more like Cirque du Soleil in a wrestling ring now than wrestling. So it's more acting than sport. It, you're, you're right, 100. percent So yeah. there, the numbers are atrocious that are watching pro wrestling based on kind of the heyday of the 80s and then the resurgence in the late 90s. And so I think if it, if you're this company, this TKO, what they looked at is they said, look, we are no longer in the business of like when I was a kid, hey, we make our money off of how many people are going to come to Market Square Arena and see Hulk Hogan. We make our money now primarily off of television rights. Mm -hmm. And so wherever we're going to get the most amount of money is where we're going to go, regardless of what the ramification may be on how many eyeballs might actually see us. So they took the essentially the largest payout, which is Netflix, even though it will likely mean fewer people viewing that that product. Yeah, it's not they're not relying on ticket sales anymore, but I think it's interesting that streaming started because it was on demand. And now you have these streaming services that are getting into the live streaming events like the NFL, which you mentioned, and now WWE. One of the other board members besides Dwayne The Rock Johnson on this TKO board, they've got 13 board members. Another one is the uh, co-founder of Groupon. Yeah. You ever buy a coupon from Groupon? Do I look like the sort of person, Casey? No, but your wife might. But who, this who would is be on really Groupon. <laughs> the convergence of sports, entertainment, media, and business all together well, into one thing. You know, and Hammer and I have had some fun with this before. And for people like me, they've totally gutted what professional wrestling was. And part of the charm for many people of professional wrestling was it's like going to see David Copperfield. I know David Copperfield didn't actually make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Mm -hmm. But during the act where he makes the Statue of Liberty disappear, he doesn't chuckle and go, ha ha, now you guys know the Statue of Liberty didn't really disappear. You are led to believe, even though you know going in, this isn't really happening, he isn't really sawing somebody in half. You don't, you know it's a trick, but you don't know exactly how the trick really works. And for years, pro wrestling, that was how it worked. You knew that the guy wasn't really getting hit in the face or you knew the guy, you know, there was something wasn't quite right because clearly the things they're doing, if they were really doing them, the people would go to the hospital and they'd be bleeding profusely. But they didn't throw it in your face that it was actually a trick and it wasn't actually happening. Now with professional wrestling, they laugh about it. They're like, <laughs> you know, these guys break character on mm -hmm. social media. You know that the good guys and bad guys don't actually really dislike each other. And WWE, as now TKO is a publicly traded company, has just kind of said, hey, the gig is up and, and we aren't, you know, we all know this isn't real and chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. And so... That's why their numbers of the people who actually consume professional wrestling are going down. Are down, but the amount of money people spend who do consume professional wrestling has never been higher. The per what do they call that per person, mm -hmm. whatever, has never been been higher. So they have fewer people, but the people who do consume it spend a lot more money. It too. used to be the fourth wall wouldn't come down right. as often, and so when it did, it was something special. Yeah, but now. The fourth wall comes down all the time. Here's the gamble for Netflix, which is, yes, you're getting this programming with a very loyal audience in which, you know, I think there's well over a million and a half people each week who consume Monday Night Raw. Okay. But traditionally, wrestling audiences do not stay for the other programming. Like the wrestling audience is there for wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to go. And then they check out. Yeah. So if you're Monday Night Raw, which is my understanding, if you have the Netflix subscription, it's going to be brought to you commercial free. Mm -hmm. And it's there's not an add-on with it. Right. So can, how does Netflix then monetize this? If the theory is, okay, you got to have the subscription, so whether you stay or not, it doesn't really matter. 
simply getting a million people to pay, I know there's various tiers of Netflix, mm -hmm. but simply getting a million or a million and a half people, because they will lose audience out of this. There are people who will not pay to watch pro wrestling. Um, how are you going to recoup those dollars through engagement on the rest of your service? Because many of the, the people who will watch wrestling on Netflix already have a Netflix subscription. There's going to be, you know, 30, 40% of the people who already have the thing. So you're not monetizing off of that either. So I wonder from a business model, how Netflix plans to, to make this a profitable venture. Well, Cause it's I, a huge investment. I think the, uh, What's his name? Nick Khan. Nick Khan, yes. Yeah, I who, I, who is now kind of running the WWE side from a business perspective. Well, I think he mentioned that it's because they want to tap into a global audience, and that's where they see their growth. Yeah, but again, I'm telling you, Kay, I'm telling you right now, there have never been fewer people watching mm -hmm. professional wrestling. So whether they're coming from, and I get it, hey, there's people in Indonesia and there's mm -hmm. people in China and there's, oh, I don't know if China's allowed to have Netflix, but you, you know what I'm saying? I get that, but I just wonder how much that's going to translate because the history of pro wrestling is that the audience does not engage in other programming on whatever platform is providing the pro wrestling. So maybe it'll work out. I have my doubts. We've got a couple more phone calls we're going to get to with your voicemails on the way. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, I just met you. We got a few phone calls that we didn't get a chance to get to last hour, so let's get to them now at 1134 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday we had the attorneys on the program from uh, representing the uh, child from the Brownsburg school who had been abused, and uh, somebody wanted to call and ask a question about that. Hey, it's a message for Rob about the Brownsburg school uh, throw up eating thing. Why is this not being prosecuted? And this is a crime. It's child abuse. Where is DCS? Why have they not been shamed into doing anything? And if the Brownsburg <clears throat> Police Department and prosecutors not going to do anything, why hasn't anybody involved the state? I don't. I don't understand how this is not being prosecuted as a crime why these people aren't behind bars waiting for their trial. Um, maybe you know more than I do. Uh, if you do, please inform us why why this is not being prosecuted as a crime. Thank you, Rob, and keep up the good work. Bye. So several people have been charged. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there's been some consternation over the slow movement of those cases through the court system. Here is where I think so many people are frustrated and this applies not only for this vomit case which is horrible but also with the superintendent getting fired is that all this stuff by the school board and this is happening to school boards not these specific types of things but this, it's happening across central Indiana where these school boards are just operating in the shadows of secrecy and governments in general, local governments in general, outside of school boards, are operating in the in the cone of silence. And uh, we received so many messages from people over the last couple of days about this that are you know every time we have those attorneys on, people are outraged and they demand answers. Get a new school board. 
people like Eric Hilton and Mike Wells are gross, disgusting people who run that school board and, and throw Heffernan in there as well, the school board president. And they're not going to give you the answers because they hate you. And they don't believe you're entitled to answers. And they don't believe this kid and his family are entitled to justice. It's gross how they're fighting these attorneys who are just trying to get information. You would think as a school board member, you would say, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we've got to make sure other kids mm-hmm. were not abused. And yeah. you would think you would have a vested interest in making the community feel better going, we've reviewed 700 hours, hours of tape yeah. and we have not seen a single solitary other example of this abuse. And thank goodness this was an isolated incident. And to prove it, here's all the tapes and here attorneys, you can mm-hmm. view these tapes. And then that way, you know, it tells you that a normal person, an average thinking person would say they are covering something up. Yeah. They're not being transparent about it. Right. They're fighting these lawyers all the way to get any of these videos. And released. the same thing is going on with the firing of the superintendent. Well, I'm sorry, the air quote resignation of right. the superintendent, which read like a hostage note. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows he was forced out. What did he do? You can't on one hand say we're the number one school system in the state and then force this guy out. What did he do? If it's not related to this, then tell us what he did. And I don't want to hear, oh, it's personnel. We can't discuss it. Superintendents, while they're technically personnel, they are not personnel. That superintendent was making a quarter of a million dollars a year when you include the benefits and everything else. He was the most high-profile person in that community. He was the most powerful person in that community. You can tell us why you ran him out. You can tell us what he did wrong. In fact, you should be telling us if indeed he did something wrong. Now, there's a lot of people who subscribe to the theory he was run out because he's too white, too old, and not liberal enough. Mm -hmm. We don't know. That's the point. The government is creating the issue by not being transparent with the people. So whether it's this kid being forced to eat his own vomit or the superintendent being run out there, that place is a mess. But you know what? The same woke liberal mommies who are outraged over Jim Snap being run out and a lot of the same people who are pissed off about this kid being forced to eat his own vomit, you voted for these people. We tried to warn you what the Hilton and Wells and Heffernan and, and Dixon, we tried to warn you what they were. But you wanted to live in your little number one school system bubble <laughs> and you kept ignoring us. And now you're seeing what these people are. Now, will it change? There's three seats up this fall. Will that change? But this sort of crap, this anti-transparent stuff, this hatred for the populace at large, the hatred for the taxpayers, the certain disdain for any person who's remotely conservative. I remember school board meeting last year where people went and were saying, look at all these parents who are pulling their kids out of Brownsburg schools. And Hilton and the rest of those guys just scoffing at it, going, we don't care. Wait, you guys have so much money that whatever it was, a half a million dollars or whatever it's going to cost you guys, it doesn't doesn't matter. These people, these school board people loathe you. They loathe you and they don't fear you at all. So, yes, I agree, but uh, there should be more transparency. And the prosecutor should be more transparent about it. Lauren Delp, who's a pretty nice guy, he's the prosecutor out there in Hendricks County, he should come out and, and explain why this is taking so long. I mean, I, there, it's my understanding there's been several trial delays, and I've known Lauren for a long time. He's a, a nice guy, and, and I'm sure he wants to do the right thing. He should be telling people, wh- what is going on here, and how is it that we don't know what anybody else knew? Clearly, at some point, we don't, well, I know, but we still, the public still doesn't know how this tape even came to light. Mm-hmm. That still has not been revealed to the public. And I can't reveal that without revealing a source. So I'm not going to do that. But I will tell you, 
The public has a lot more they should know, but they've got a demand to know it. Well, you would hope that it was an employee who came forward who said, hey, this isn't right and we need to stop this. And that's what the lawyers are asking. You'd hope that. Well, Want to bet whether that's what happened or not? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they cannot be afraid of retaliation because you're talking about children here. And speaking of Jim Snap, um, I know that he came out with his air quote resignation letter. Do you think that he'll ever come forward or has he been, uh, you know, given some sort of uh, do not disclose agreement that he was forced to sign or or I mean, asked to sign? I would hope he didn't sign anything because he got hosed big time. I mean, all he got was the sick and off days he was entitled to. Here's my thing, Casey. I'm going to make this right right now to Jim Snap. Jim, Mm -hmm. I don't like you and you don't like me, (laughs) but we both have a mutual interest here in burning this thing to the ground. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to make a public invitation to Jim Snap to come on this radio show and tell everybody how the Brownsburg School Board did you dirty and tell everybody where the bodies are buried and get it off your chest, Jim. Do it right here. Mm -hmm. You and I will burn it to the ground together. Let's go. (laughs) It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. There's nothing cake, we laid in bed, talking about getting out, packing up. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. My name is Casey, and that is Rob Kendall. And have you ever thought about buying an old building and then converting it into living space? Like, a lot of people will buy an old church, and then they change it into a home or something like that. And they've got, like, stained glass windows <laughs> in their bedroom. Casey. Yeah. Do I look like the sort of person to you who is just strolling around empty mm-hmm. suburban or urban mm-hmm. streets going that church looks like someplace i'd like to live well i think that's a cool i know you and your wife have traveled down to nashville before and along the way you might drive by a building and you look and you go huh you know what that might be kind of cool to live there uh, casey re- it took me an hour to change the furnace filter yesterday <laughs> do i strike you as the sort of person that is looking around at uh, <laughs> to renovate a building converting old buildings yeah maybe not well there is a couple who did that and this is really cool it's a former high school gym and it's been transformed into a four-bedroom oh. house with the kitchen built on the basketball court. Oh, my goodness. And it's now for sale for $600,000. And this, Where's this at? This is here oh. in Indianapolis. Wow. So it's an 1,100-square-foot property, oh. and it was the former sports center used by the Wilkinson High School. Okay. And it was originally for sale a couple years ago, and this couple bought it for $300,000, and they went ahead and renovated the space. They made it a four-bedroom, three-bath house. And now it's hit the market again for over half a million dollars. But I have to tell you, yes. it is the coolest thing ever. It is a huge space and it's on three and a half acres. 
and the kitchens on the former basketball court. Oh, how exciting. Um, you know, Casey, I'm really torn because, as you know, I've told you multiple times and our audience multiple times, you know, I've lived in the same place. Mm-hmm. By same place, I mean the same town. I've lived in a one-mile geographic radius essentially my entire life. Yeah. My whole life. I am I am just a, I joke, I am just a DUI and a scooter away from being a total 100% <laughs> card-carrying townie lifer. Well, now, I hope that doesn't happen to you. Well, I'm, I'm torn on this because, uh, you know, on one hand, I had envisioned that I will spend my life there and I will be taken out in the box there Mm -hmm. and uh, everything will be there in Brownsburg. But they have done just such a horrendous job running that place and irresponsibly growing that place over the past six or seven years that there's a big part of me that uh, ponders just getting the heck out of there and going into some unincorporated area somewhere, buying about six or seven acres in the trees, Mm -hmm. and then just being left to live out my days. Buy an old gymnasium and then convert it into your home. Because imagine this, this place, the the island in the kitchen Mm -hmm. is on the three-point line. Oh, how exciting. I mean, the floors are fantastic, right? So this is something that you could look into. I know you have over half a million dollars in your back pocket. (laughs) You're ready to lay it down. So when you're ready to bust out of Brownsburg, consider this place. Have you ever tried to figure out what your actual net worth is? Like, have you ever done an examination of your self and said, yeah, I'm talking your home, your uh-huh, money, uh-huh. What, not just what's in your savings account or investments, but hey, if I put it all together, here's what I'm worth. Have you ever tried to do that? I, I could tell you exactly what it I is. I knew <laughs> you could do that. Here's the thing about Casey. She's very good with money and uh, she she actually walks around with briefcases uh-huh. of $100 bills. Sure, sure I do. Um, you know what's funny because, you know, we had the whole conversation about the uh, W-2s uh-huh. and, and how they're Which due. we still haven't been able we to access. Said, I know, and they're supposed to mail them out. They said they were going to mail them out what on Monday? There's and no every way. Day, we're, there, I'm no checking way. the mail every day to no see what it's come because way. I need to pay those taxes so that I can recalculate the net worth. Yes, there's no way we're getting those W-2s on time. There's no way. You don't think so? I have no faith whatsoever. Oh, nice. Um, so what's what's fascinating is uh, if you have ever done that, how interesting you might be to find what your actual net worth is. And I knew, I knew, Casey, you mm-hmm. had totally done that, and you would know to the penny what your actual net worth. You want is. another number? Over or under $7 million. I'm not telling you. <laughs> Come on. You didn't really think I was going to tell no, you, No, but that's you? why I was going to call your bluff. <laughs> $7 million. And make And make you admit you did, were deceiving our uh, uh-huh. deceiving our audience. Uh-huh. Uh, your husband's little magazine collection there might actually be worth $7 million on its own. Gosh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you do, on the other hand. So, while I, so I struggle with this because if I were to buy a house in the woods somewhere, mm-hmm. there's a strong chance it would probably need some sort of help or renovation because let's face it, I'm not worth near what you are worth. So I'm going to have to make a choice of nice house or nice plot of land. Well, you have a new baby and a beautiful wife, and I'm sure you don't want them living in squalor. And you have to make sure that it's uh, a healthy place for them. Okay, so you say You got to get rid of the lead paint and things like that. You say that, but you, you generally, you will probably be amazed at what I'm willing to suffer through in order to just have a plot of land where Uh someone will leave me alone. Yeah, what you're willing to suffer through and what they're willing to suffer through are two totally different things. Isn't that why I was pondering this driving into work today because I was thinking about just this very thing about if <laughs> leaving. Indeed, yeah, leaving. Yes. And Bailing, I, well, growing ev- your own veggies. Every day as uh-huh. I'm forced to drive through that high school construction monstrosity and how just I get angry at all the just irresponsible growth. And mm-hmm. I, you know, 
it's not good, but I get physically angry as I have to drive past this each day. And I was pondering getting out. And it is fascinating to me. Like you have moved a lot in your life. Mm-hmm. You have been mm-hmm. from sea to shining sea. You've yeah. been to Michigan, to Florida, to peninsula Indiana. to oh, peninsula. I, you have you have done it all. Mm-hmm. But for someone like me, yeah. it's like what would that world be like? Oh, not yeah. being here because I'm starting to more and more say maybe this is something someday. Now, the one thing that's keeping me there mm-hmm. is how miserable I make certain people, <laughs> and I know how just beyond. Yeah. You get Miserable. great joy from that. Yes, and that is one of the primary reasons I'm considering mm-hmm. staying. Mm-hmm. But having lived one place my entire life, it's like, what would I do if I didn't live here? Um, you would expand your horizons, perhaps. What does that mean? I, I, I don't know. Experience new things, challenge yourself, yeah. learn, grow. Uh-huh. Ah, You don't want to do any it, of that, it is, do you? It is the internal struggle I have mm-hmm. with myself, which is if I leave, they win. But you, they all have already kind of already won because they've already ruined the town. So. Yeah, well, you know what? There is one thing that I would like to point out based on this conversation yes. to everyone listening, and that is how you said you get physically angry on your way into yes. work and then i am the first person that talks to you <laughs> after that so here is good here, morning casey here's the thing i've this is this is so <laughs> this is so pathetic but this is the thing i do there's a way now i can go to work mm-hmm. where i avoid seeing a whole bunch of it yeah and it's sort of like go that way oh well i do most of the time now it does take me longer that's the only problem though is it takes me longer uh-huh. and it already takes nine hours because of the traffic to get into work do it for me but i do uh <laughs> there is a way where i can go where i pretty much kind of go through the core the mm-hmm. older core of the town mm-hmm. which reminds me of my childhood which reminds me of the places i grew up which hasn't changed all that much and that makes me less Uh less angry but then a little more nostalgia a little less anger the problem though is either way i go i gotta get on 74 and then when i get on 74 i see those stupid warehouse monstrosities Mm -hmm. and then that pisses me off so either way yeah even if i went crawford there's no way for me to get out of this town without me being pissed off each day well at least you're not like me and driving by boarded up buildings that is true why did you you buy that house well what you know, were you doing because i wanted my commute to work to be short I, and you accomplished that <laughs> however yeah i mean yeah is it is there a, a rule where if somebody has died in a house you have to disclose it i know some states have that i some think don't. so i don't know if that's a thing here in indiana i don't know if it not that they died maybe that they were murdered okay because it, there should also be a rule where if <laughs> There's this, if there's a good property chance you're, died? well I was gonna say if there's a good chance you're gonna hear gunfire in the evening they should have to disclose that to you because I feel like gunfire you, gunfire sirens that's my point all of it if they'd have made you stay in that house for one night mm-hmm. would you have bought that house if you'd have been there in the evening one night it depends on if it were a summer night because you know it gets a lot worse in the summer than it does in the winter you're totally not going to live there you very know, much longer something, are you? something my mom told me that I, I never realized it was I was staying with her one night and it was raining and she said oh I like it when it rains it makes me feel more safe and uh-huh. I thought well that's interesting why why do you say that and she said because I think people are less up, up to less nefarious activities when it rains. You know what makes me feel safe at night, Casey? What's that? A no, revolver. We... <laughs> well, that too. We got we got a couple of those. And we've got plenty more, which we're going to have to get to tomorrow. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. Tony Katz is up next. This has been Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.